Welcome to Franchise Players, the show on Tobacco Road Sports Radio where you get to hear debate triad style. I'm your host, Dustin Johnson, and pleased to introduce to you Ryan Stone and new addition to Franchise Players, Jay Spivey, uh, now on the panel. What's going on, gentlemen? How's your weekend? Doing well, Desmond. How about yourself? Pretty good. What's up, Ryan? What's going on, man? I know you're busy, man, over at IMG and everything. <laughs> what's, everything what's happening? Everything's uh, going good. Just a, uh, you know, it's the the busy time of the uh, the year for me which uh, after uh, after 2020 certainly uh, can't complain about that yeah absolutely really glad that we're able to get to 2021 gentlemen let's uh let's embrace debate let's talk a little sports here of course the biggest thing going on this upcoming weekend nfl conference championships this sunday let's start in the nfc guys green bay hosting tampa bay at 305 p.m kickoff on fox this sunday who needs the win more, Aaron Rodgers to prove he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, or Tom Brady to prove he can get to the Super Bowl without Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? Ryan, let's start with you. I, I don't know that either one of them necessarily needs it. They're, they're both two of the best of all time, in my opinion. Uh, but if we if we have to go with one of them, uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's only got one Super Bowl under his belt. He's only made it to one Super Bowl. To this point in his uh, in his career, uh, he's had a lot of a lot of shortcomings in the playoffs. This has been one of his his best seasons. Tom Brady has already proven the Patriots and Bill Belichick to be kind of foolish uh, with what he's accomplished this uh, this season. Beating the beating the Saints last week uh, was a huge accomplishment. We saw what happened to the uh, to the Patriots this season uh, without without Tom Brady uh, and what seems to be kind of a scramble there now to find, figure out who their quarterback is going to be going forward and Brady uh, to his credit has had one of his uh, one of his better seasons I uh, threw 40 touchdowns at 43 years old and he's he's in another championship game with a team that had never been this far so I, I think Tom Brady has kind of already proven his uh, his value uh, this season and this postseason not that Aaron Rodgers necessarily hasn't but if one of them needs it more than the other I have to go with Aaron Rodgers Jay, what say you? Who needs this more, Aaron Rodgers to cement his legacy or Tom Brady to show that he didn't need the hooded one to get to where he's been? <laughs> I'm sort of right on this one. I don't think either one of them really have anything to prove, but I, I do agree with probably Aaron Rodgers has more to prove, like just as Ryan said, that he only has one Super Bowl championship and you know Brady's won six. And you know I think Brady really only kind of moved, moved along because he, he kind of saw the writing on the wall that there was no talent there and um, especially offensively, and uh, he just wanted to change. He wanted to submit his own legacy in Tampa, and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be in Green Bay at least the next year or two, and, uh, you know, he's got a ton of talent, and I, I honestly, I follow the NFL very closely. I did not realize until after the game was over last week that Aaron Rodgers has never played host to a playoff championship game in Lambeau Field, and that just flabbergasted yeah. me. With a guy with as much talent as he's had, to never have hosted this uh, NFC Championship at Lambeau, it's just amazing to be for a guy as talented as he is. Do you think it's going to be um, an issue with – now, if I'm not mistaken, I think Green Bay actually had some fans in Lambeau last they week did. when they were playing. It was so, mostly like uh, for, uh, frontline workers and, and family members. Does it take some of the mystique away from Lambeau in January when it's not being, you know, packed shoulder to shoulder, like all those bleachers with, uh, you know, with them not being able to have full capacity of fans? I think it probably does. I mean, it's been like that in every sport, you know, since sports resumed last, last summer. I mean, it's, it's been like that everywhere pretty much. So it's just like a case where 
2020 has kind of bled into 2021, and you just kind of have to go with the flow on that. I think it's I think it's I think it's more about the weather, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, because just because you know it's outdoors, you know it's cold, it snows there all the time this time of year, it, especially playing a team from Florida. Uh, that I mean, they've played in front of fans for a large part of the season uh, because they because it's Florida. Um, so I, I don't think I think for Tampa Bay particularly, uh, I think I think the, the big adjustment for them and not necessarily Brady because Brady obviously has history in the in the snow in in the cold. It's it's the rest of those guys on this uh, this young Tampa Bay team. How do they adjust uh, to playing in the cold uh, at Lambeau Field this week? Yeah, and I, has it, have any of you had a chance to check the weather report for Lambeau? The last uh, I heard, it was supposed to be like in the twenties with a chance of snow, but that was a woo! couple days ago. Yeah, <laughs> so that, I mean, that's, that's Lambeau in late January. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's to be expected, I think. So, I, yeah, I, I think, I think that's going to be the big thing. Just kind of how to, I mean, even you know, even these two running backs, because obviously cold weather, you kind of tend to to lean on the run. Um, even the two running backs for, for Tampa. I mean, Leonard Fournette is a kid from the South, uh, played at LSU, played in Jacksonville before Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones played at, played at USC before, before Tampa Bay and, you know, Southern California. So uh, the, those running backs even had much experience in the cold weather. So I, I really think that's going to be the thing that, you know, how do those guys adjust that kind of dictates how this game plays out. We're going to save your actual picks for this game and the AFC Conference Championship game. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. And uh, we'll save your picks from both of you guys for who's going to advance to the Super Bowl at the end. Let's move over real quick to ACC hoops. Duke lost their second ACC contest this past week to fall to 3-2 and two in ACC Conference play after losing to Coach K disciple Jeff Capel and Pitt on the road earlier this week. The Blue Devils face Louisville today at 4 p.m. on ESPN. What is the number one concern about this Blue Devil team if you're Coach K? Jay, let's start off with you. I, I, I think it's mainly just that, you know, they've had, had so many stops and starts with COVID and they just haven't had a chance to mesh. And, you know, Coach K's had a lot of really talented teams, a lot of one-and-dones over the last however many years it's been now, 15 years or whatever it is. And this team just doesn't match up talent-wise with some of those other teams. And that's nothing to say about this Duke team can't make a run, but – they certainly can, but it's just they've had, you know, they really just started a couple of weeks ago for all intents and purposes, and you know everybody else has kind of had a leg up on them, so to speak. I, I think their biggest problem is defense. These guys can't stay in front of anybody when they try mm-hmm. to play man-to-man defense. The four games they've lost, the four opponents have shot a combined forty-nine percent from the field. That's that's not three point rate. That's from the field in general. So everybody's getting everybody's getting to the bucket against these guys, and that that's the problem. Is I don't they don't they don't really have a rim protector. They don't have somebody that can block shots. Uh, they don't really have a physically imposing guy to even deter people away from wanting to drive against them. And Coach K said after the pit game the other night that they were going to have to play some more zone, which I I know eats away at his soul. <laughs> I mean to say that, but but it is the it is the reality of the roster he's got at this point that these guys they, they just can't stay in front of anybody on the uh, on the defensive end. So we'll see uh, we'll see today because uh, they're taking on a Louisville team that's uh, that's really good if they play more as a zone. Well, yeah, let's face Duke. it, also that I don't care what kind of talent Duke has this year, they should beat Pitt you know nine times out of ten, if not more than that. 
I mean, well, that, that was a bad loss the other night. That's, I mean, that's all you, you can say about it. That was a bad loss. Especially when you score 73 points. Yeah. Like that, that should be enough to win on the road uh, at Pitt. Like, it, I mean, you, you score 73 points. I mean, that, that's that's more. And Jalen Johnson, 24 points, 15 rebounds. Like, that's, and he loses. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, that just, that just says a lot about this team's defense. Are you are you guys worried about Duke in March? Because it, I'm looking at, you know, what they are. And this is like the first time probably – I was trying to think of another Duke team that this reminds me of. Maybe the Grayson Allen, Brandon Ingram team, 2015, 2016, where it was like they didn't really, I don't know, the parts didn't really seem to fit. But but that team had NBA talent on it. And this one, I'm looking at it, Jalen Johnson's been propped as the quote-unquote best player out of the crop that came in. But even he seems like a level below what we've seen at Duke over the past. That's my point. That was my yeah, point. Yeah, like Jay said, like over the past <laughs> decade. You know, they usually have one guy that's like the – the alpha. It doesn't seem like there's an alpha on this team. Um, and then to to Ryan's point, Duke cannot defend the three point shot. They're allowing thirty seven point three percent on opponents' three uh, point attempts. That would rank them three hundred ninth out of three hundred and forty eligible teams in the NCAA uh, Division One. Um, it just seems like Duke and Duke and Carolina get grouped together. That oh, they're both in trouble. They're both losing games. This and that. But I watch Carolina and the losses that they've had, and they've lost to like Iowa and Texas and yeah. NC State. And like I don't really see a bad loss except for Georgia Tech. The Blue Devils. Not only have they had games where they just looked flat out embarrassed, like Illinois at Cameron, but it just doesn't seem like that they are able to get up for games. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't know who am I supposed to be watching for Duke. I guess is the question I'm asking. I, I think Jalen Johnson is about it right oh, now. I mean, he's only got us kind of shown up on a regular basis. Oh, it's it's no know. question. It's Jalen Johnson. I mean, Jalen Johnson's a projected top ten pick. The, the problem, I think, the the reason why I think Jalen Johnson hasn't necessarily asserted himself to this point. I mean, he's COVID stoppage, just like Jay said earlier, and then also the fact that he's missed time with an injury. But I think, I think. <laughs> If Wednesday night doesn't or Tuesday night, uh, the Duke against the against Pitt doesn't show that Jalen Johnson is the guy that their offense should be run through, uh, then nothing else will. So I, I expect that he's going to kind of brunt the take the brunt of the load uh, going forward in this uh, in this season for uh, for Duke. But uh, am I concerned about them? Yes, uh, they can't guard anybody. You can't. I mean, you can't. <laughs> you can't win in March if you can't stop people. You have to. That's the thing about winning in March that a lot of people overlook when we talk about these teams during the season. You have to be able to win multiple ways to win in March. You have to be able to win ugly. You got to be able to win. You got to be able to score. You have to be able to win multiple ways to make a long run in March. And this Duke team, I don't even have they even demonstrated that they, that they can win one way against a good team yet. Like I no. haven't seen that. Yet. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Their best win, technically, if you really look at it, their best win so far is against Notre Dame. Who's ranked 86th in Kimpom this week? Uh, they're, Duke is what five and four, I believe, on the season yep. currently right now, um, and it's not going to get any easier. They got to play a feisty Georgia Tech team Tuesday. Uh, then they've got 20th ranked Clemson next Saturday, January the 30th. Uh, then they get Miami, and then they get their tilt against Carolina uh, February the 6th. So uh, maybe it lightens up a little bit, but I mean, it's hard to say that the schedule lightens up when, like Ryan said, if you can't guard anybody, then everybody's a hard <laughs> matchup but, against you. Desmond, you know, a lot of people aren't going to like this, but you know, I followed ACC basketball my entire life. I lived in here in the triad my entire life, and 
this this is a extremely weak season for the whole conference. There's just not like there's not like a, a powerhouse team this year, and just you know there might be some lowly ranked teams in the NCAA tournament. Hopefully, we get to that point this year. But uh, you know, there's just not a lot of great teams in the conference this year. In what is an, a greatly expanded conference from what it used to be. What do you, why do you think that is? Because I, uh, if I remember correctly, last year wasn't exactly a banner year for the no, NFC either. No, no. I, can I, I, I do have something to that, to what Jay said about that. I think he's, I, I think you're, I think you're right in the sense that there's not a great team and there's not the, there's not the team that I see is clear cut. The team is going to make the deep run in March. I will say though, I think the ACC is more balanced this year than it was last year. Like there aren't, there aren't gimmies. Like you just went through Duke's schedule for the next few games. I don't hear a gimme in there. I mean, Miami, yeah. as bad as they've been, Miami's been bad because they've been missing their two best offensive players, in right. Chris Light and Cameron Mcgusty. So th- there's no there's no gimmies necessarily in the ACC schedule because even even Wake Forest is, is significantly more competitive this year under Coach Forbes than they have been oh, the last couple. It's years. not even close. Yeah, I mean yeah. They, they don't have they don't have near the talent to compete with most of the teams in the conference, but. You know, just watching them from afar, and you know, you know, you're not able to see them in person. Really, um, they're just fighting so hard when when they just don't have near the talent to compete with any of these teams. And you know, the, the last six years with Danny Manning, that you never saw that fight, kind of fight with these guys. You know, they just keep going and keep going and keep going, and they might win a game, but you know, you look on paper. Yeah, you know, I know you can't really look on paper, but you, they might go zero and twenty. They might, but, but at least they're fighting. Very hard. possible, I yeah. I, I, and was, I was very impressed with them uh, this past week, watching them play against Carolina, especially Davian Williamson. Shout out to Davian Williamson. Once it's yeah, absolutely. Not, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and Isaiah Mushis, I mean, they basically kept Wake in that game. But to Jay's point, it's it's almost like you see them play, and it's like, okay, Wake needs, like, another, like, high-end post guy. They need, like, another wing guy. They, they're they just missing need, players, yeah. They just, they just need a third guy. Yeah, step up and help those two guys because they they just they had fifty four of the seventy three the other night or whatever against against Carolina and their their bench put up like eight points or something like yeah. that. So I mean they just, they just it's literally- a talent it's a talent deficit deficit and that's mm-hmm. the that's their biggest hurdle. You literally could watch them run out of gas like right in front of you. Yeah, in the second half. Yeah. You know, having having been you know having been a number of Wake fans over the year. I mean, a number of Wake games over the years. You know, Wake can win in basketball. It's a little easier to win in basketball than it is in football just because of the scholarship limitations. But, you know, if they if Steve Forbes has a good couple of years of recruiting, they could easily back, be back up at the top of the conference like they were, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Easily. Let's, Not even a problem. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, the Carolina Panthers have been attached to rumors circling around Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. We'll uh, discuss that. And the NFC, uh, excuse me, the NFL playoffs, AFC Conference Championship Sunday, Kansas City taking on the Buffalo Bills. Have the Bills been overlooked this entire season? That and more. You're listening to the franchise players on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com. Welcome back to Franchise Players. That was Johnson. I am your host here with Ryan Stone and Jay Spidey. You can follow uh, both of these gentlemen on Twitter uh, with Ryan. His handle is Ryan Stone Sports. 
And for Jay, go to jspivey underscore WSJ um, and actually check out his work at the Clemens Courier. The Carolina Panthers have been attached to rumors circling around Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson wanting out of Houston. Most trade scenarios include the Panthers throwing in star running back Christian McCaffrey. If you were the new Panthers general manager, Scott Fitterer, who would you rather have on your roster in 2021? Deshaun Watson or Christian McCaffrey? Ryan, let's start with you. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, <laughs> nothing against Christian McCaffrey. He's a stud. There's no question about it. But they have they have demonstrated with the injuries to, to Christian McCaffrey this, uh, this past season that Mike Davis is a capable running back. So you already have a capable running game with Mike Davis. And then you, if you pair him with Deshaun Watson in that backfield, that running game gets even more dangerous because of Deshaun Watson's ability to run the ball. Also, you can add another running back in the third or fourth round of the draft if, if you really wanted to. So their, their biggest problem, we talked about it last week, it's quarterback. That's, the, that's their biggest problem when they couldn't win games down the stretch, when they were in close games this season, their biggest problem and the thing they couldn't overcome was that when the game was on Teddy Bridgewater's shoulders, he couldn't get the job done. Uh, Deshaun Watson on a Houston Texans team that traded away DeAndre Hopkins for a water cooler, essentially. Uh, he, he had the second highest passer rating in the NFL on that Houston Texans team with no weapons. Give me Deshaun Watson. Jay, what have you? If you're Scott Federer, would you rather have – uh, a 20, what is he, 25, 26-year-old Deshaun Watson or 24-year-old Christian McCaffrey? No, nothing against Christian McCaffrey because, as Ryan said, he's a great player. But he kind of proved this year with, with as many touches as he's had the last couple of years, both both catching the ball and running the ball, that he is prone to injury. And I think that's probably going to be the case for him yeah, as long as he keeps getting the ball as much as he's been. I think that's going to be a perennial issue with him. So I, I, I'm, I'm with Ryan. I think you'd rather have Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's uh, proven to be uh, one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. And um, like, the fact that Bill O'Brien basically traded away DeAndre Hopkins for nothing is truly an embarrassment and is exactly why he's no longer coaching with the Houston Texans. So, here, so here's my question, guys, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw a Houston beat writer discuss this on Twitter. Um, and the rumor was that basically the Panthers could have Deshaun Watson for two firsts and Christian McCaffrey. If that's the case, do you pull the trigger on that deal? Do you give up your eighth overall selection this year and a first round next year? <laughs> Absolutely. And McCaffrey for Absolutely. Deshaun and that's, that's nothing against Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. This is, and I, I think the Panthers need to have a great quarterback to get to that next level. If, or else they're just going to be a middling team in the NFL every single year. If that report is true, and Scott Fitterer spends more than five minutes discussing <laughs> and debating this, he should be fired already. <laughs> it does seem a little light, doesn't it? I mean, just he two firsts and Christian yeah. already. Because I'm already thinking, like, to get him. Because let's let's be real, Deshaun Watson. Thought, is, would you put him top five? Teddy. I would have thought they would have wanted Teddy Bridgewater too, just so they could at least throw have him a, in there. Yeah, no, throw no, him no, in just, there too, just, just so they could at least have a bridge quarterback to who to who their next quarterback is going to be after Deshaun Watson. I would think you would want Bridgewater to maybe start at least part of next season for you to to get that rookie quarterback. Ready if the you only end up going with a rookie quarterback. The only problem is I think Houston's gonna have to have a quarterback, and if they make any sort of a trade, I think you're gonna have to have some sort of quarterback in the uh, and, and, and in the trade or be assured you can get a quarterback in the draft because well, this is gonna be a great year for quarterbacks in the draft. 
Yeah. And well, Teddy still has technically two years left on his deal, but there's a, a team option after this year where you can basically let him go for nothing. Uh, so I think the yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, throw Teddy in there. So like you'd be basically Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey, two first. You're probably gonna need a little bit more to get Deshaun because isn't you Deshaun Watson a isn't Deshaun a top five guy in the, he's in the top, right I'd now? say he's probably top six he's to eight. Because I was trying to run right? through like before I get to him. So clearly Mahomes, Rogers. Would I would would you take Brady over? Not right now. Watson right now. Or that one. Breeze uh, like he had a caved in chest while he was playing last right, Sunday. Exactly. So oh, Bree, I, don't I think, think Breeze, Breeze is retiring. <laughs> yeah, I think he's done. Uh, I think, I think uh, you know, Josh Allen, there's a discussion there mm. um, about which one you would take. I think. Ooh, that's a good one, too. I don't know. Um, uh, I think there's there's some reasonable debate. Russell there. Wilson. I, I could hear Yes, him. absolutely. Russell Wilson. I, you know, Russell Wilson, yeah. I would probably still take over Deshaun Watson, but there, there's not a lot of guys. So it's like, so like and, Wilson, Rogers, Mahomes. That's three. Like and, I, that's and, why I was like, I think he's kind of top five. Like I mean, over might the past be. Years. And I think you know to further that, if you're drafting in this draft and you're the Panthers and you're sitting at number eight, and Houston's telling you you can have Deshaun Watson for this number eight pick, another first round pick, and Christian McCaffrey. Are you really telling me you love any anybody besides Trevor Lawrence in this draft more than Deshaun Watson? Because I don't buy that. I was, uh, I was, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I was, I think I was fooled by Justin Fields by the performance they had against Clemson. Exactly. Because I think I a lot of people were. I was going into it thinking, well, I don't want a quarterback from Ohio State because I couldn't think of, you know, has there been a quarterback from Ohio State that succeeded in the pros the past Not, 15, 20 years? Well, Dwayne Haskins sure has it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brand new Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to run, run through the list of Troy Smith. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Haskins, Cardale Jones. Ugh. So that alone, I was like, a I lot don't of touch Justin Fields there. But then I'm kind of like, all right, well, let's see what he does against this Clemson defense. I, and the stars just aligned for them that night. Plus, you could tell they had been waiting on Clemson all year. That was their national championship. Well, once they got to Alabama, let me say, let me say this for Justin Fields. <laughs> I think he's better than all those guys I just named, and I don't think it's even close. I think I think he's more versatile than any of those guys I just named. But I think for Justin Fields. You have to be in a situation where your coach and your offensive coordinator know how to use you. And I think that that's the most important thing for Justin Fields is fit. Uh, whereas those other guys, you know, Lawrence, maybe even Wilson to a lesser extent, that might not be as important. But for Fields, I think that might that fit is the most important thing for, for his success. Now, let's let's stay here because we did mention Josh Allen. Uh, he is a, he's a little busy this weekend. He's in the AFC Conference Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the defending Super Bowl champions at Arrowhead. 640 kickoff on CBS. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. I was looking at Josh Allen's stats uh, for this season, and they, they kind of they really stand out, especially when you look at them compared to Mr. Patrick Mahomes. They're almost identical in terms of what they've done this year. Should we be considering Josh Allen as a legit MVP candidate and are we overlooking how good this Bills team actually is? They're 13-3. and three. They won AFC East. I'd call them Panthers North because they're literally – feels like half the team is the 2015 <laughs> Carolina Panthers. So are we overlooking – Including the head Bills? coach. Including the head coach, the general manager. I mean, Scarlett Tule opted out this year for COVID, and he would have made their defense probably number one in the league being in the middle of it. 
They pick up Josh Norman. AJ Klein. AJ Klein's on this team. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think uh, one of the linemen is from Carolina. I can't remember yeah. uh, his name, but yeah, it's basically Panthers North. So uh, are we overlooking the Bills? And is that because of who they're playing, the Chiefs? And should Josh Allen really be considered a, a legit MVP candidate, not just kind of like a fringe third place, fourth place guy, instead of just handing it to Aaron Rodgers? Um, let's let's start with you, Jay. I think that we're definitely overlooking the Bills. I mean, you know, they they're hardly ever on national TV. Uh, they're just suddenly gotten good, really, the last year and a half or so. You know, I think everybody's seeing now that once since they've been in the playoffs, they're a legit team and. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, Josh Allen has become a much better quarterback with Brian Dable as his offensive coordinator. The guy could clearly coach. Josh Allen's trying to take it to him and take it to the city and take it to the team. And he's just kind of – he's become a wholly diff- whole different quarterback. Everybody knew he was a great athlete and had a great arm, but he's proven to be a great quarterback now. And he's he's probably easily in the top five or six quarterbacks right now compared – you look last year and they were talking about trading him. Because yeah. they thought he was a bust, and he's just become a much better quarterback. He he raises uh, completion percentage almost ten points. To oh yeah, so that's hard to do. Seventy percent. Yeah. I think I think the thing with Josh Allen is he's actually improved every year. Uh, if you go back to it, I mean, you, his rookie year, you were, you're kind of looking at like this was the guy you spent a first round pick on. He played at Wyoming. There's all kind of questions about why why he was picked. Second year, he gets a little better. Uh, didn't really have that many weapons. Then third year, he, he gets this guy named Stephon Diggs. And Stefan yep. Diggs goes on and has mm-hmm. a uh, has probably the best receiving season uh, of any receiver in the uh, in the NFL this year. He was absolutely terrific. Uh, yes, I think Josh Allen probably. I mean, he's top. He probably belonged in the top three of the MVP discussion. Uh, I think Rodgers is clearly the MVP. Uh, Mahomes missed some time with injuries, so I think that kind of hurts his case uh, a little bit, uh, or didn't actually miss time. But they kind of stumbled a little bit and didn't look like the Chiefs team we've become accustomed to. And then Derrick Henry's in that discussion. Um, I think he's in the top three or four. I, he's not – doesn't deserve it over over Aaron Rodgers. Uh, now, in terms of are we overlooking the Bills, uh, I think – yeah, I mean, I think a, a little bit. Um, they've – you know, they've won – they've won a, won a close game over the Colts. Uh, they dominated – the, the Ravens, when everybody thought the Ravens were going to win that game, it seemed yeah. like a lot of people were picking the Ravens. Uh, and the Bills completely came out and shut them down. So and this is the Bills' defense that wasn't even that great during the regular season. But they've really stepped up in the postseason. They have one of the best uh, young linebackers in the NFL in Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think they're, they're being a little overlooked. Uh, the fact that, you know, this game – but they have to go on the road to Kansas City. Uh, and that's that's the reason the Chiefs, Chiefs are the reigning champs. It's in Kansas City, one of the toughest places to play. That's why the Chiefs are the favorites. Aaron and they're going to have who, uh, a fair amount of fans there, too, unlike yeah. a lot of teams. Yeah, they had yeah they, 16, they've had some in their premise all, all year. Yeah. 16,000, I believe. Aaron Gabriel is probably the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan I know. Um, he's part of uh, the rundown, and he was on this past week. And I asked him, I was like, you know, how are you feeling about this? He's like, if Pat Mahomes plays, we're going to win the game. He was like, there's just too many ways for Kansas City to score points. Um, I forgot LaShawn McCoy, not LaShawn McCoy, um, uh, Le'Veon Bell. I forgot Le'Veon Bell was on this roster. <laughs> like, I mean, they literally have yeah. like, three guys at running back. They've got, uh, I forgot Sammy Watkins was on this team. You that's, know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so nuts. That that's the other, that's the other, that's the weird thing. Like, the Bills have no running game. 
whatsoever. Right. I mean, they didn't they didn't run the ball one time in the first half last week against the Ravens. They didn't go <laughs> one running play. Uh, I think if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you need a running game. You yeah, you might want to keep them off the field. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to get in the track meet with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs actually have the better running game in this matchup. So I think I, a lot of the stuff points I – mean, we're not getting to our picks yet, but a lot of the stuff points towards the Chiefs in this game. Now, I think a, now, I think a, lot, of, a lot of it uh, on Sunday is going to be how healthy is Patrick Mahomes going to be. That's it. That's it. I mean, he had a concussion. Yeah. We think he's going to play. But to me, almost the bigger issue is going to be how's, how's his toe or foot going to be because he was clearly hurt when he whenever. I guess he got stepped on or whatever it was, but he his mobility was definitely shut down after he, after he hurt his toe. Now, Andy Reid has said that, you know, the toe's okay, looks like he's all right. He's been participating in practice, and uh, on Thursday went through a full practice. Uh, still listed as questionable, but I seriously doubt that Mahomes is going to miss this game. No, if he's, he's allowed play. to choose for himself. Play. Absolutely. Yeah, he's still be out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Gonna play. Hey, Patrick, do you think you can play today, or do you want to sit this one out? No, well, I think I'll just well, sit this one out. Y'all heard about the <laughs> list of injuries that Drew Brees was playing with. Right. No, no I, I saw you post that on Twitter, and I never got a chance to go look. So, what? What exactly? Because uh, I, I couldn't fathom his, him playing. His shoulder was hurt. He had like a torn AC joint or something like that in his shoulder. He had a he had plantar fascia in his foot, and then he had the eleven broken ribs. I don't know. And what a pu- puncture lung. A puncture lung. What they were shooting him up with, but Patrick Mahomes <laughs> will get the same medicine, and he'll be fine. <laughs> it's a straight up crack. They're just giving him crack. Like, don't even don't even remember the next three hours. We, got, we need you. We need you. Maybe because I can figure out a little stronger actually. But anyway. <laughs> just, the, just the ribs being cracked. I mean, because that was oh, like a month that ago, thing. right? Was I mean, like a month ago, and then you puncture your lung, you cannot breathe at all. And you could tell in that game that. He was, he was in agony that ball. day. Yeah. yeah, even six, seven yards down the field. They just couldn't push the ball down. And I was surprised that they didn't, you know, eventually pull him for Taysom Hill or even Jameis Winston who threw a touchdown well, on a Hill. trick play. In that Taysom game. Hill was hurt. He was yeah, hurt. Taysom oh, Hill, Hill was hurt. So what, yeah, so they were like, no, Jameis, we're just going to let yeah, you well, sit over yeah, here. And people, try, <laughs> people on Twitter, that's something, that is something I wanted to address today. People on Twitter were talking about how, oh, they should have left Jameis in the game. He could have. Did these people not watch Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay? <laughs> no, Jameis Winston's no, not the answer. Like, yeah, that would People on Twitter act like they act like Jameis people. Jameis Winston has some reason to be upset with the Buccaneers. <laughs> Did they see him play last year with Tampa? Successful. He was awful. <laughs> Mr. 30 for 30. He's he's terrible terrible last year. <laughs> he might end up being, I mean, would he be in the, the plans for the Saints going he's forward? I think he's, uh, he said that. Sean Payton said that. Discussion they're, they're, I, I they're don't know cap- how. I just don't understand that. They're yeah. cap- hamstrung, so, I mean, he's got a he's – Well, to the Saints' defense – to the Saints' defense, they've been cap strung for like five oh, sure. years yeah. running. They just yeah. keep kicking the can down the road. But with Drew, with Drew it looks like Drew is done. I, I, you never want to say never with these NFL players, but just listening to the entries you just rattled off, there's really nothing left for him to do except the league MVP. He's won a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. He's won I, conference championships. Uh, he's considered and, a top ten all time quarterback, right? Probably. And, and honestly. I wish we could go back and like give people the MVP award they deserve because <laughs> like Kobe Bryant would have more, obviously. Yeah, at least two uh, but, more. But Drew, the year the Saints won the Super Bowl, Drew Brees should have been the NFL MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, that. I don't care who won it. That that was the most impressive season. Like, what year, <laughs> what year was that? That was oh uh, nine. I think Manning might have was. Won that year. He might have. He probably 07, at least won 08 season. Is that what it was? 
I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Manning. That sounds about yeah, right. I, yeah, I, think it, I think it was Manning that won it because uh, they went. They went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. That's who they played yeah. the yeah. Super Bowl. But yeah. it, it should have been Drew Brees. <laughs> I, I'd agree with that. And Drew is one of those weird because I'm a Panther fan, so I, by default, I hate as the Saints. A, as a Bucks fan, <laughs> I love Drew Brees. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because <laughs> I was watching that Saints uh, Bucks game. And I'm thinking, okay, I hate both of these teams. And I found myself rooting for the Bucks like early, which made me realize my hatred for the Saints knows no bounds. Well, I mean, also, <laughs> I, I will root for Iraq versus also, the, the Saints, Saints. You know what I mean? Like, Saints, it doesn't matter. The Saints, the Saints have kind of run that division, whereas the Bucks have been bad lately. So yeah. It's, it's a little. <laughs> well, I really, anybody who knows me knows I hate Tom Brady. So it was a real battle of attrition between do you want to, the Saints, who you just hate as an organization, but you kind of like Drew Brees. Or the Bucks, who you really are indifferent towards, but you super hate Tom Brady. So it was like, which one do you want to advance? Well, you must have played a total war with yourself. I'm rooting for the Packers. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Packers here uh, on <laughs> Sunday. Now, that might not be the choice, but that's that's who I'm rooting for here. Let's uh, let's let's take another break. Uh, we got more to come here on franchise players. When we come back, North Carolina taking on NC State, huge uh, ACC matchup here uh, coming up Saturday. We'll talk about who would you rather put your money on to go further in March, Carolina or NC State, plus uh, the passing of Major League Baseball legend Hank, uh, Henry Hank Aaron uh, this past Friday. We'll touch base with that, as well as finally give you the playoff picks, Conference Championship Sunday. Who's going to win NFC and AFC picks coming up? Franchise players, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to Franchise Players, Desmond Johnson, Jay Spivey, Brian Stone in the house with you. Uh, make sure you follow us at Tobacco Radio for all the latest. And uh, keep up with everything going on Friday night's high school basketball game of the week live every Friday evening through the end of February. And we are the home of East Forsyth and West Forsyth football. Both of their entire schedules will be ran home and away on Tobacco Road Sports Radio starting in March. Um, guys, Hall of Fame slugger here on a – didn't want to end the show on a negative note, but Hall of Fame slugger Aaron, uh, Hank Aaron died at the age of 86 on Friday. He was second in the Major League uh, Baseball history in career home runs with 755 and Major League Baseball all-time leader in RBI at 2,297. Do you, cons- do you still consider Hank Aaron the home run king of MLB – even though Barry Bonds technically surpassed him in 2007, I I, I think I, I consider I consider Hank Aaron the true home run king. Uh, in terms of there was nothing that that we know of that inflated him hitting home runs. So I think he's the true home run king. Also, he had over that Hank Aaron made 20 All Star games. In 22 yeah. seasons, was incredible. Uh, he had over 3,700 hits, which is about 800 more than Barry Bonds, uh, and he had a career batting average of 305. Uh, Hank Aaron is one of the, if not top five, he's definitely top 10 players of all time. He also put up with uh, a lot of racism and hate mail uh, playing in the. Uh, segregated newly unsegregated whatever you want to call it south uh mm-hmm. back in his back in his his day when he was uh when he was playing so 
Uh, Hank Aaron deserves to be called the true home run king, not just because he did it naturally, uh, but because of everything he overcame in that, uh, that time era that he played in as well. Never hit 50 home runs in any season he played in. And you're right, he made the all-star team or all-star game 20 years in a row from 1955 to 1975, which is just flat out ridiculous. He, he was the picture of consistency. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind he's the true home run king. I mean, Barry, everybody knows, even though it hasn't been totally proven, that Barry Bonds cheated. Uh, he used PEDs. Uh, he hardly ingratiated himself to the public. Uh, and on the, on the flip side, there could not have been a nicer guy than Hank Aaron. And he was an ambassador to the sport, ambassador to the South, ambassador to Atlanta. Uh, the, the incredible bunch of crap he dealt with in, in, in the South as, as a player. Uh, I heard that he received 3,000 heat mails a day, which yeah. I just can't even imagine what he went through during that stretch. And, you know, to accomplish what he did and still remain the incredible person and not be so bitter. It's just amazing to me that anybody can do that. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I I mean, of course I know about uh, Hank Aaron and I didn't realize that uh, he was all time leader in RBI. Like I I should have probably assumed that with him being uh, one of the leaders in career home runs, but I, I didn't realize that he was all over the, the, the stat sheets for major league baseball history. Um, and it almost feels like he's not revered as highly as he should be. And maybe that'll be now uh, as he uh, passed away this uh, yeah, past Friday. Yeah. You know, Desmond, well, I think part of that is he came up in an era with Willie Mays. And I think yeah. that a, a lot mm-hmm. of people consider Willie Mays the best player of all time. And you know, what's, what's funny was they're, you know, they're both from Alabama and they're both great. Well, we're both great friends. And you know, Willie Mays was just a flashier player. And I think everyone wasn't flashy. He just mm-hmm. went out and did his business. And that's nothing against Willie Mays because he was a phenomenal player. But they just came up at the same time, and, you know, I, I think that's part of the reason why. Also, Willie Mays was the more accomplished player. Like, he played on he played on better teams. Uh, so Willie yes, Mays, without question. Willie, mm-hmm. Willie Mays – Except for a couple Willie, years. Willie Mays had, was on a lot of bigger stages than Hank Aaron uh, a lot of times, and Hank Aaron wasn't on, didn't play on that many great Braves teams. Like, I think what might be – what might be like the greatest ind- indication of how revered Hank Aaron is, especially by Braves fans, is, is Hank Aaron was like like I say was never on necessarily great teams. But if you ask Braves fans or go to a Braves game, the most popular jersey you will see worn besides current players is Hank Aaron. It's not hmm. Greg Maddox or Tom Glavin or John Smoltz who were all on those great teams in the '90s and made the incredible run that they made it's Hank Aaron. He is the, he is the most revered uh, Braves player of, uh, of all time, despite a lot of these people not even getting to see him play. And despite the fact that he wasn't on uh, the greatest, the greatest teams when he was playing for the, uh, for the Braves. Desmond, I'm a, I'm a, a, a to kind of go what you were saying. I'm a huge baseball fan. And mm-hmm. I kind of grew up in an era before ESPN really took over and other, other networks took over we, you know, when, when there was a game on every night or there is a game on every night on every channel. Uh, I grew up in an era where the Braves were on every night on TBS and I watched them every night and I became an instant fan. And, you know, there were some terrible, terrible, terrible Braves, Braves teams over the years. And you know, I knew how good, I mean, they always pointed out, you know, the greatness of Hank Aaron. And not only that, was he a phenomenal player? He was an even better person. And I, I also heard a stat, you know, Friday when he dies is that, 
had he not even hit one home run, he still would have been in the Hall of Fame because he had over 3,000 hits. And that just speaks volumes about what he was as a player, both offensively and defensively, because he was a great defensive player too. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. That if he hadn't hit any home runs, he still would have had over 3,000 hits. That's amazing. The um, hammering Hank Aaron uh, passing away this Friday at the age of 86 years old, uh, finishing second in Major League Baseball history in career home runs behind Barry Bonds. Let's go back over to ACC hoops real quick, guys. Got uh, Ryan Stone and Jay Spivey here on Franchise Players. North Carolina, the Tar Heels taking the court to face arch rival NC State. 2 p.m. tip-off on Saturday. As it stands currently right now, who would you put money on to go further in March? UNC or NC State? I'm going to go with Carolina. I think they're going to turn the corner here shortly and become a better team. And then State, like I mentioned with Duke earlier, they're, they're having COVID issues, and you don't know how they're going to mesh once they come back. Uh, and Carolina's just – I think overall Carolina's got better talent and – and, and nothing against Kevin Keats, but Roy Williams has proven himself over the years to be truly one of the best coaches in college basketball history. Ask me again in two weeks because I might have a different answer. Because uh, <laughs> two, two weeks ago, I would have said NC State. The way Welcome to the ACC. But, but now, <laughs> the answer is clearly Carolina. Uh, they, For one, they, they've always been better in the post. They're the best team in the ACC in the post and maybe even in the country in the post, just in terms of their depth and the way that they can rebound the ball. Um, but the big thing, that, and their problem had been that they were turning it over too much and that their freshman guards in R.J. Davis and Caleb Love weren't giving them enough. Well, those two have started to turn a corner. And if that becomes consistent, then look out. Because Carolina, they, they might not – they you know, this might not just be about making a run in, in March necessarily. They might actually be the best team in the ACC. If it all comes to uh, comes together uh, on that front, and they can those freshman guards can remain consistent, it's a, you know, it's, it's, a it's literally a, a, a crapshoot this year in ACC, and they Carolina could easily win the conference and win if there is an ACC tournament. I hope there is. They could easily win that too. I mean, there's no question about it. Carolina seems like really over the past couple of weeks. I wasn't mad about the Florida State loss because even though they didn't have Scotty Barnes, uh, which meant, you know, for me, it was like it was a chance for Carolina to steal a game. But I think people forget how good Florida State has been the past yeah. three or four years. Oh, they're defending ACC champs. Yeah, I mean, so, and it was at Florida State. So they're in Tallahassee. It feels like Carolina is constantly playing away from home. Uh, it, mo most of their losses, if not all of them, although I think the NC State loss was, a, was in uh, the Dean Dome, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember where they it played was. the first I believe time. it was. So Georgia Tech was on the road. Florida State was on the road. Texas was in Asheville for the Maui. Iowa was a true road game at Iowa in December. Roy likes to take the Carolina kids yeah. away from the Dean Dome early in the year, which is a contrast to what we were saying earlier in the show about Duke. Duke typically stays at home the entire month of December yep. and feasts on cupcakes and kind of – Or goes to New York, plays a, goes New yeah, York or, or Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and they get their rotations together. But they didn't have that this year, right? And they they ended up skipping a bunch of games in that period of December. Carolina still left and went out and tried to figure this out. And I think Roy may have kind of started figuring out a lot of stuff about the freshmen coming in. Talk about Kerwin Walton. How surprised have you been about Kerwin Walton and his rise to starter status? He wasn't even ranked in the ESPN top 100, the lowest recruit ranking wise that Roy brought in this year. Well, you typically. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. This, this speaks to how important shooting the ball is because 
Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. That's why he got into the starting lineup is because he can actually shoot. Like, he's not great at necessarily anything else, but he can shoot the ball. And when you are on a team where, like, Carolina, where Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and Leaky Black and even Playtech to an extent, they couldn't hit shots from the perimeter. So Roy had to find somebody who could knock down some shots. And that, that's been the, the biggest reason for his uh, for his rise. So, I, I mean, again, I think it, it's crazy to me because, like, when you talk about, you know, talent projections for the NBA and stuff like that, you always hear, like, this guy, this guard is so athletic, but he struggles with his shot. And it's like, I, that's an instant red flag for me every time. Because if you're a guard, you need to be able to shoot the ball. And yeah. and and uh, that that's so, uh, I think the, it just kind of speaks to the value of, you know, how important shooting is if you're a guard. You know, for me, Desmond, it's just a question of like, uh, well, not really a question, but Roy's kind of proven himself over the years, whether it be at Carolina or Kansas, where he can kind of bring these unsung guys and, you know, underappreciated guys uh, that maybe not been recruited as hard and make them better players and, you know, become really good players by the time they leave Kansas or Carolina. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, um, like almost like Hubert Davis or like a Rayshon Terry. Well, Rayshon was actually ranked pretty high, but they come in and you don't really see it all freshman year, sophomore year. And as they stay in the system, you see them kind of blossom into these players that you didn't know that they could be. Kerwin Walton, he's just blossoming. Well, I wouldn't even say blossoming. He's just, he's a shooter. And at Carolina, if you can, if you can run the pick and pop as a, as a guard, you're going to be successful because that's basically what they are. They're a, a post first team and the guards are expected to be able to outrun everybody and to be able to get to their shot, to be able to shoot that 10-footer, that 12-footer off the dribble. If you just think back to all the guards, you know, the past 30-plus years, all the way from Phil Ford to Michael Jordan to Kenny Smith, all the way down to Marcus Page and Joel Berry, they've all been able to dribble, you know, out from the three-point line into uh, the, the paint or wherever and pull up for a jumper. And that's kind of what Carolina started to do now with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love a little bit. Um, but we'll see NC state. They were my dark horse pick actually to win the ACC way back at the beginning of the season. And, uh, they are, they are acting like NC state. They'll be hot for a week and a half and then they'll lose three straight. And it's like, you're not really sure what, uh, NC state team's going to show up here. Well, like you said, Um, this this is ACC this year. Yeah, insane. So all, this conversation will be totally different next episode, next week. So we'll, we'll, well, I said, <laughs> ask me in two weeks. <laughs> so, real quick, guys, as we get to the end of this episode of Franchise Players, we didn't forget NFC Championship, Conference Championship Sunday. We didn't give you picks earlier on when we were talking about it. So let's do it now. Let's start off in the NFC. Uh, starting off with you, Ryan. Who are you picking to win the NFC Championship game and why? Tampa Bay traveling to Green Bay, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff on Fox. I I gotta go with Green Bay. I think uh, just that they've been the hottest team in the NFL. Besides the Bills, they've been the hottest team in the NFL over the last two seasons. I kind of touched on it earlier. I don't really question like what Tom Brady can do in the cold. I question what the rest of Tampa Bay's roster is going to do in the cold because a lot of these guys haven't played cold weather meaningful games uh, at this point in their careers. I, I don't think Green Bay is going to run away with this, though, by any means. I think it's a three- to seven-point game. I think Tampa uh, puts up a valiant fight. I just ultimately think Aaron Rodgers, their ability to run the ball, also a little bit of payback because of uh, what we saw Tampa Bay do to them earlier in the season. Uh, ultimately, I got to go with, with Green Bay to win a close game. 
I, I'm with Ryan Jeff. on this one. I got Green Bay winning that probably in the seven to ten point range. Uh, and I know there's probably not going to be a lot of fans there, but playing Lambeau, playing the cold, playing the snow, it makes a big difference. And I think uh, I don't know. I, like like Ryan said, I don't think it'll matter with Brady. I mean, he's proven himself no matter where you play. But I do think it matters to some of the other guys who haven't been through this before. Can I? Can I, let me let me say something about Tom about Tom Brady and Tampa Bay real quick. I think I think this team has already, like a lot of people, a lot of people because because it's Brady. A lot of people put the they have to make the Super Bowl for it to be a success. I, I never bought that. I think this team has already been a success this year. When you factor in, there was no preseason, there was no real training camp uh, right. to get on to get on the same page. Uh, like what they've done already this season has been uh, pretty special for for Tampa Bay, and I think it's I really think it's more about next year uh, for the Buccaneers than it was ever about this year. I think so in a lot of ways they've exceeded expectations because, because they had no training they, camp and a lot of these guys came in in middle mid season or right before the season started and you know they didn't know the coaches that the coaches didn't know the players it's like like you said I think we'll see next season. I think yeah, as a Buccaneers fan, I expected like ten wins and make the playoffs. That was like all I expected from from this season. Now next season. The expectations, I think, are, are a little bit higher if you're if you're a Buccaneers fan. But uh, I think to this point, they've already had a successful season. I think Green Bay is in a position where it is kind of Super Bowl or bust to an extent this year. So wait, so you're so both you guys are saying that you think that Tom Brady can lead this Bucks team back to at least the same spot next year at age 44? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We keep, well, are we just going to keep bringing up his age? Like he doesn't find this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, no one's ever done this before. Like we've never seen this happen. Like it's insane. Like, and, and, and I know I don't want to do the Max Kellerman and say he's falling off a cliff. And then like three years later, he's still trying to get the Super Bowls and whatnot. I won't go that far. Um, and I've learned from Tom Brady that to never bet against him. So I can't sit there and say, well, no, of course they can't get back next year, but he will be 44. Like we've not seen a quarterback have this type of success. We haven't seen a quarterback have this type of success at 43. So if they, if they re-sign the right guys and keep him protected next year, yes, they can get back here. I think. So both of you guys are picking green Bay. Yes, that's correct. At least I am. Yes. Okay. So, all right. So let's go over to the AFC side real quick. Who are you picking to win the AFC championship and why Kansas city hosting the Buffalo bills, uh, six forty kickoff on CBS. I hate to go with chalk, but as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, I got to believe that Chiefs will win. And you know, they played early in the year, just like Green Bay and Tampa played early in the year, and it was a little closer. But Kansas City played them pretty easily. And uh, playing at home, play, playing at the, the Arrowhead is—it's just a huge advantage for them, I think. Kansas City last week, uh, we questioned, and I, I know it ended up being a close game, but it's because Mahomes went out. Uh, if we're being honest. And right, but before that injury, we, we questioned like Kansas City's consistency going into last week because they had been inconsistent over the last few weeks, last six weeks of the regular season. They scored points on every drive that Mahomes was in the game before the drive that he got hurt on last week. Uh, so until I see somebody actually stop Kansas City, I don't buy that anybody can stop Kansas City. Uh, and I think you have to outscore them. And I think you have to keep Mahomes on the sidelines to an extent. Buffalo can't run the ball. Uh, they have demonstrated that they or that they won't aren't willing to run the ball one one way or the other. Uh, so until I see it, 
I don't buy Kansas City's losing. Uh, Arrowhead is an extremely tough place to play, probably the toughest in the NFL. Um, Mahomes is the best player in football. I'm not like, like you said, don't bet against Tom Brady. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes either. Yeah, and, and let's face it, last year <laughs> after what Chad Henney did and what uh, the, the the call that Andy Reid had at the end of the game to get the first down last week. I mean, that's that, that should a lot of courage to go for that play and a backup quarterback that hasn't really proved himself over the years. I, I, I got to believe that coaching plays a factor in that too. No, nothing against Sean McDermott, but Andy Reid's proven himself and, and proven he can win. Also, don't don't underestimate because because of the toe injury, like you mentioned, if his mobility is a little questionable, don't question their ability to run the ball because like, oh, no Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is back healthy. And Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell has barely been used this season. So mm-hmm. the, I don't understand how Kansas City has, has been able to just like collect all of these pieces over the past three years and just become this. I don't know what this is. It's, it's, I always used to think the St. Louis Rams, the 99 Rams were like the greatest offense I had ever seen. This is like the Rams with like an extra four guys at skill positions that you can, and, and Kurt Warner can run around and throw. 40-yard passes across his chest, no look. <laughs> what, they, what, they did, what they did was they, they had Alex Smith at quarterback for a while, right? So, right. And he was always kind of the limitation. But what they did was they built up every position around him right. until mm-hmm. they found the guy at quarterback. And then Mahomes just came in, and now we're seeing what we're seeing now. <laughs> and he's literally making a case for the greatest to ever play, and he's only played, what, this is year three? This is so. his third year of actively playing. <laughs> he didn't play playing. all that first yeah. year. Yeah, and I he played one game back. first year. <laughs> I used to push back. I used to push back against that a lot. And uh, last year's playoff run for Kansas City, I just got so tired of waiting for a team to close them out. Right. And Kansas City was just doing the most insane things, like being down like twenty eight, and then like you go to the bathroom, you come back, they're up seven. You're like, what the hell just happened? I'll, like, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and put out a little betting advice. Uh, my betting videos out now for the week uh, as well, ah. but I'll go ahead and put out a little betting advice for this game. If the Bills go up early, grab the Chiefs at plus money on the money line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, that, that's the way to bet this game. That's that's that sounds about right. So next- <laughs> We're going to end it right there. And uh, next week, we'll uh, actually, I think we got two weeks to talk Super Bowl. So who will it be? We'll find out. The guys picked Green Bay versus Kansas City, Rodgers versus Mahomes. Uh, that would be fun to watch for sure. So, what is that rematch of a Super Bowl, Super Bowl one? one? Yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that Which was not even the Super Bowl then. Yeah. It was the game. <laughs> so, the, the, big, the, big, the big game. So, we'll find out. So, uh, for Ryan Stone, Jay Spivey, I'm Desmond Johnson. Make sure you follow Tobacco Road Sports Radio on Twitter at Tobacco Radio. Uh, follow Ryan at Ryan Stone Sports and follow Jay at Jay Spivey underscore WSJ. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Franchise Players. Peace.